Hey, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read from Exodus chapter 38. And the sections we're reading are a bit of a repeat from earlier in the story. Earlier, God laid out the details and specifics of the tabernacle to Moses. Uh, God laid out the plans like an architect would. Now it's time, though, to put these plans to work and make the tabernacle and all the objects for the tabernacle. And so Moses, after dominating the book of Exodus for the first 34 or so chapters, is now in the background. And we've been introduced to a craftsman, an artist, a builder named Bezalel. He is taking the plans of God and doing the work of making them into a concrete reality. And so let's look at Bezalel's workshop and see what he's making. And I'd like you to try to picture these things and their size in your mind because there's a lot of just detail on building stuff and it can be easy to kind of just fade away and as you hear me uh, reading this, but just try to try to cast in your mind what this might look like. So let's start Exodus chapter 38. Next, Bezalel used acacia wood to construct the square altar of burnt offering. It was seven and a half feet wide, seven and a half feet long, and four and a half feet high. He made horns for each of its four corners so that the horns and altar were all one piece. He overlaid the altar with bronze. Then he made all the altar utensils of bronze, the ash buckets, shovels, basins, meat forks, and fire pans. Next, he made a bronze grating and installed it halfway down the side of the altar under the ledge. He cast four rings and attached them to the corners of the bronze grating to hold the carrying poles. He made the poles from acacia wood and overlaid them with bronze. He inserted the poles through the rings on the sides of the altar. The altar was hollow and was made from planks. Bezalel made the bronze wash basin and its bronze stand from bronze mirrors donated by the women who served at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then Bezalel made the courtyard, which was enclosed with curtains made of finely woven linen. On the south side, the curtains were 150 feet long. They were held up by 20 posts set securely in 20 bronze basins. He, uh, bases. he hung the curtains with silver hooks and rings. He made a similar set of curtains for the north side, 150 feet of curtains held up by 20 posts set securely in bronze bases. He hung the curtains with silver hooks and rings, and the curtains on the west end of the courtyard were 75 feet long, hung with silver hooks and rings, and supported by 10 posts set into 10 bases. The east end, the front, was also 75 feet long. The courtyard entrance was on the east end, flanked by two curtains. The curtain on the right side was 22 and a half feet long and was supported by three posts set into three bases. The curtain on the left side was also 22 and a half feet long and was supported by three posts set into three bases. All the curtains used in the courtyard were made of finely woven linen and each post had a bronze base and all the hooks and rings were silver. The tops of the posts of the courtyard were overlaid with silver and the rings to hold up the curtains were made of silver. He made the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard of finely woven linen, and he decorated it with beautiful embroidery in blue, purple, and scarlet thread. It was 30 feet long, and its height was 7.5 feet, just like the curtains of the courtyard walls. It was supported by four posts, each set securely in its own bronze base. The tops of the posts were overlaid with silver, and the hooks and rings were also made of silver. All the tent pegs used in the tabernacle and courtyard were made of bronze. This is an inventory of the materials used in building the Tabernacle of the Covenant. The Levites compiled the figures as Moses directed, and Ithamar, son of Aaron, the priest, served as recorder. 
Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, made everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He was assisted by Oholiab, son of Ahisamash, from, of the tribe of Dan, a craftsman, expert at engraving, designing, and embroidering with blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth. The people brought special offerings of gold totaling 2,193 pounds as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. This gold was used throughout the tabernacle. The whole community of Israel gave 7,545 pounds of silver as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. This silver came from the tax collected from each man registered in the census. The tax is one becca, which is half a shekel based on the sanctuary shekel. The tax was collected from 603,550 men who had reached their 20th birthday. The hundred bases for the frames of the sanctuary walls and for the posts supporting the inner curtain required 7,500 pounds of silver and about 75 pounds for each base. The remaining 45 pounds of silver was used to make the hooks and rings and to overlay the tops of the posts. The people also brought as special offerings 5,310 pounds of bronze, which was used for casting the bases for the posts of the entrance of the tabernacle and for the bronze altar and its bronze grating and all the altar utensils. Bronze was also used to make the bases for the posts and supported the curtains around the courtyard. The bases for the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard and all the tent pegs for the tabernacle and the courtyard. Wow, we got through that. <laughs> a lot of detail, a lot of... Uh, uh, keeping track of items, you can get a sense that detail-oriented people would have really liked this part. <laughs> uh, and the majority of the story, though, let's, let's talk about this. The majority of the story of Exodus is about God rescuing his people, revealing himself to them. But now we're in a section of Exodus that is shifting from this salvation and revelation to preparing the people uh, so that they can worship God and live out that salvation and live out that revelation as a part of their day-to-day -day life. How do they continue to connect with God, remember what he's done for them, uh, continue to engage with him, be present with him day-to-day -day in worship? And that's what we see here. The tabernacle is going to be that space. And I find this guy, Bezalel, quite interesting. He's an artist, he's an architect, a builder, a craftsman who has been gifted by God for this specific task of facilitating worship for the people to connect with God. So what comes to mind, though, when we think about making a difference for God or worshiping God? What kind of actions bubble up in your mind? What kind of person does God really use? Often we may think about a Moses type of person. I mean, of course, God's going to use someone like Moses who can get out in front of people, uh, who has heard God's voice and can speak it out boldly in front of people. We may think about skills like praying to God or understanding God's word or talking to other people about God. We may picture people who are outgoing or energetic or going overseas to tell people about Jesus. Those are the type of people that God really uses. So what comes to mind for you? What I appreciate about this section of scripture is that it reminds us that God uses all sorts of different people with varying gifts and talents. And this includes you and the unique gifts and experiences and skills you possess. One of the things that breaks my heart is when I hear someone tell me that God can't use them because they aren't like some other person, as if it is the personality, the gifts, and abilities of the person that make the real difference. When in fact, when in reality, it is the God who works through those things 
that make the true impact. God can and will use anyone. And so have you believed the lie that you don't qualify for service, that you are no Moses? No, but Moses wasn't entrusted with the work of making the vision of God a reality in the tabernacle. Bezalel and his helpers were. So therefore, what does God have for you to do? And are we willing to open and willing to be open to offer God our lives, our skills, our gifts for his glory and gain? We might not be a Moses, but we certainly are a Bezalel or a Mark or a Kathy. God has something unique and special for you to participate in. So what might it look like for you to be used by God for his glory and gain? Who could help you discover that? And the final thing I want to mention and comment on is the importance of beauty, craftsmanship, and art. God clearly cares about these things. God is a creator. He's an artist, a builder. And when we you know, participate in creating, it makes, and when we participate in making something beautiful, informing something, we're following in our Father God's footsteps, the ultimate creator. Art and beauty are important in helping us experience God, and they can help facilitate our worship. So if you're an artist, if you're a builder, if you're a craftsman, if you're a musician, a filmmaker, photographer, poet, writer, or you're some sort of person who creates, you are needed in the church family. Your gifts provide avenues for the rest of us to feel, to think about life, to engage with God. You are a gift. And so I want to encourage you to explore ways to use your passion and your gift to help the rest of us as followers of Jesus see truth, to wrestle with life, to feel things that we don't want to feel, to find hope and to experience God in the midst of it all. So what might that look like for you? And who could help you discover that? Because when we create, we look like our creator. And so what is God saying to you? And what will be your response? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, fill and empower your people for your work. I pray that anyone who's believing the lie that you can't use them and their gifts, that somehow they don't measure up. God, that that will be exposed as a lie and they would see the truth that you can use anyone through the power of your spirit, that they would find confidence and courage to step out and explore what that would look like. And then God, would you empower your people with creativity, with inspiration, with gifts to worship you and lead others to encounter you. Thank you that you uh, are a creator. We thank you for your beautiful creation. So help us to reflect your beauty through the creations we offer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.